Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. There's a new building open in Grand Center. And like a lot of other buildings in Grand Center, it's focused on the arts. But unlike many of the others, it's not a theater or a performance space. Instead, it's a, quote, venue for freedom of expression through spoken and written word. In other words, it aims to be a literary hub for a city that's long had a major impact on the world of letters. That venue, which, yes, is in Grand Center, is a project of the Kranzberg Arts Foundation. Chris, ha- Chris Hansen, who's the executive director of the foundation, is here to talk to us about it. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And we're also joined by Aaron Quick. She's the executive director of the St. Louis Poetry Center. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So Chris Hansen, what led the foundation to say, let's make a venue for the spoken and written word? So like everything we do, it's a call to action from the community, right? So the literary arts have been saying for years that they want a place to centralize their efforts, meet their audiences, grow their capacity. We listened. Uh, We took our model of supporting through infrastructure, found the right real estate opportunity that we could create this, uh, and found the right mixed use around it so that we could sustain it. Uh, So this was a response to need, and that's why you see it full and so vibrant so quick with so many organizations using it. Tell us about this real estate opportunity. What what kind of building did you end up taking over and renovating? So this uh, this was an interesting one, this uh, beautiful... um, brick building on the corner of Washington and Leonard, 18,000 square feet. When we bought it, it was chalked full of somebody's precious collectibles. They had, they had literally filled 18,000 square feet full of, of possession. Was this a hoarding situation? Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to describe it as someone that was very passionate about finding things and collecting things, but it could, it could be viewed as such. Um, we spent a very long time giving that, uh, the former owner time to get their things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we loved about it is we took these beautiful fluted columns and these four brick walls and we, and we built out a brand new space, new stairwells, new elevators, new systems holistically. This was the first time we were ever able to take a space, take it all the way back down to its bare bones and build it up and design it into this. So this has been a very special project for us. It's been a labor of love. It's been a massive lift, but it's turned out beautifully. And how long has it been in the works now? Um, we've been building for about a year. Okay. okay. So, so you did a pretty quick turnaround yeah, for, I mean, such for us, a big that change. Was a little, we, we were we were behind. We were a few months behind, and we're not used to that. So uh, for us, it felt like a really long time, but I think in the general world of building, we did pretty good. Now, Aaron, you're the first full-time executive director of the St. Louis Poetry Center, and this is your first dedicated office after years of working out of your home. Mm-hmm. What led you to decide to take that leap to say, yeah, we're ready for office space? <laughs> well, um, um, it was time, um, definitely time. Um, working from home has been a blessing or it's been a great thing for us. Um, it's something that I'm very grateful that I was able to do for a few years for the center. Um, but we really um, were at a, we were just experiencing sort of, we were outgrowing um, this working from home model. Um, and the director before me also worked from home. And so as our programming was growing, as we were doing more readings, as we were doing more workshops, and especially as our youth and education programs were growing, um, it was clear that we really needed um, a an office space and a space to work from where that people could come to, um, whether it's to meet me, whether it's to actually participate in workshops themselves. Um, a lot of our programming has happened all over St. Louis, which has been wonderful because we've been able to meet different communities where they are. Um, and this also then just will offer us another opportunity to grow programming right here in, you know, in St. Louis, in the city. So Now, Chris, so many of these organizations 
organizations like the St. Louis Poetry Center. These are relatively small organizations that have pretty tight budgets. They want to be good stewards of their dollars. Um, how does the Kranzberg Arts Foundation help to facilitate people like that being able to make an expense on office space? Sure. Uh, this is what we do every day. We now support uh, 40 uh, resident organizations and artists, right? They This is a shared kind of ecosystem model. Um, we meet with all of them. There's no uh, cookie cutter way to approach that. You have to meet them where they're at. So uh, what does their current budget allow? What are their goals? How do we help them meet capacity, uh, be it through programming, through office space, storage space, marketing support? Um, and you just have to meet them where they're at. So every deal is a little different. Um, you always want people to feel like they've got some skin in the game and they're taking some ownership but at the same time that you're making their dreams come true and that you're fulfilling these areas of their work that they otherwise couldn't meet without this type of subsidy. So um, our resident organizations generate about 10% of the operating budget that it takes to sustain a half a million square feet of space, right? So this building is not paying for itself in the right. classic it's, for-profit that's correct. sense. But the mixed-use model... Uh, helps us sustain it. So that's why you'll see special events in our spaces or you'll see a coffee program. That helps us support these resident organizations and have a responsible way uh, to sustain buildings. And, and it's not just based on gifts from the foundation. Erin, I saw you nodding as Chris was talking. Um, right. This idea of sort of sitting down and, and figuring out where you want to go, it sounds like this was part of the process for you as well. Definitely. Um, we are a very small organization. I'm a staff of one. We have an excellent and amazing volunteer staff or volunteer um, group we have um, a membership um, that is extremely involved in the organization and a board that is extremely hands-on and, and very involved in the organization as well and so um, it is imperative that we um, really find ways to do things that build capacity without you know growing our budget tremendously because we're just a really small organization um, and this was again just a great opportunity to be able to do that um, we also there are able to work collaboratively now with lots of other organizations that we're able to be close with. Um, that's something that all of us, all of the literary organizations have been wanting to do. And to have a space to be able to be together to do that is just wonderful because, you know, with our small budgets, it we couldn't share venues as easily and we couldn't, you know, we didn't, we weren't working right next door to one another. And now we are. And so you moved in last month, mm -hmm. um, sort of over the course of the month, you said. Um, what's that like just bumping into these people constantly in the hall? Has that led to ideas that you didn't see coming? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have been bumping into, like, for example, Tennessee Williams Festival, um, and we are already talking about possible um, collaboration projects either during, excuse me, during the Tennessee Williams Festival, because um, Tennessee Williams was first and foremost a poet. He, of course, he's a playwright as well. Um, he came to some of our first Sunday workshops way back in the 1940s. Wow, and that's so a nice claim to fame right it there. It really is. And I know a lot of organizations can claim Tennessee Williams. He was definitely, he, you know, he definitely did a lot in St. Louis, um, even though he didn't like like it here very much. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, that is something that we've been talking about then is finding ways to collaborate on a poetry event um, that is centered around Tennessee Williams. So it's already it's already happening. And Chris, that sounds like exactly the kind of things that the foundation is hoping. That's right. I mean, we're not here to be the programmer and the producer. We want to create these spaces um, and we want to, you know, allow communities to kind of wrap themselves around it. And then what they create in that sandbox, we want to help facilitate them 
finding new audiences. We want to make sure that the building's beautiful and patrons have amenities and they don't have to focus on things that they're not staffed to do and they haven't built their team around doing. Um, so this is exactly what we want. We want them to engage it, activate it, and and hopefully uh, they start hitting those goals. And um, people don't have to be um, an employee of one of these organizations in order to visit this building. Tell us a little bit about the parts that are open to yeah. the public. So uh, the second floor is all workspace, right? So it's organizational workspace and then a dedicated writer suite where we'll have more kind of individual artists that can engage that space. And eventually, in, in collaboration with our resident orgs, we'll be building a writers in residence program. So second mm-hmm. floor is work. First floor is all about public assembly and engagement, right? A, a beautiful library that uh, has a coffee house immersed in it with Blueprint Coffee and Squatters and Rob Connolly handling the food and beverage. And that's currently open. And that's open, and it's people are there right now enjoying that, working and, and socializing. They have a beautiful gallery. Um, and then an event space for readings and author events and, and other, other events that will happen in the space. And so the public can, you know, come in for a casual cup of coffee, pull a book off the shelf, learn about a, uh, a local author, and then say, wow, I, I didn't know there was uh, a poetry reading next Friday. Or I, I didn't know there was – I didn't know I'd love this visual artist so much. So the coffee touch is a great way to get people through the door, make the space more accessible, uh, and turn people on to the literary arts that maybe otherwise, uh, you know, haven't been invited or don't feel like it's a Erin, I know it's it's exciting to have office mates, and when you're used to working from home, it's it's great to, to have a coffee shop right on site. But at the same time, it can also be really distracting. And when we're talking about literature in particular, so much of writing is a solitary exercise. Mm-hmm. Is the idea of a literary hub at odds with what it takes for literary success? Oh, my goodness, no, not at all. I mean, I think that um, when you're writing, because it's a solitary act, you really do need to find ways to feel like you're in community with other writers and with other readers. Um, and I think that having a ha- having a hub, I mean, that's that that's what this offers and provides. Um, a lot of times when I'm at, whether it's a f- uh, reading at Left Bank Books or whether it's, you know, um, an issue launch for December magazine or a poetry reading or, I mean, any of those events, one of the common um, threads or feedback that I get from audience members is, you know, where else can I, where can I meet other writers? Where can I actually sit down and talk about my own writing or talk about something that I'm reading? Um, And this space offers that. I mean, it allows for that. So I don't think it's at odds at all. There are opportunities for writers um, to to create, to do in that in that solo solitary way, there's ways also to do it um, in collaboration, and then it provides a space, like Chris was saying, um, for public um, gathering in order for that community to really, you know, come together. Yeah, and I, I think. I, I agree with you that it's not an end-all, be-all, right? Some art writers want to be in an attic or in a dark corner of a basement. I don't think this serves uh, every stage of your writing, um, but it, it's exactly what she says. And, and the orgs have dedicated offices, so when they need to have that privacy, they can. They can close the door. They can close the door. But one of the things we're looking at doing is how do we utilize the space, right? So the basement, we've got it to where we can occupy it. It's sprinkled. It's got elevators and egress. But what do we want to do with it? Do we want to create a little den that's cozy and dark and, hey, I'm, I'm tired of riding up here. It's too much light. I want to go somewhere else. Uh, so I, I think we have to keep responding. But I, I like the point about where riders can gather. I think a lot of 
places around the literary arts seem to be focused on the reader. And we want that to be this too, but we we really are looking at how does this serve writers? So one of the goals of the libraries have a one of the most comprehensive literary journal selections anywhere um, so that writers can learn about the opportunities and have examples of work that are happening uh, countrywide. And that part is open to the public? It is. Okay. It is. And is this a library where people are checking things out or more you no. can read on site? You can site? read on site. It's it's uh, It'll be theme-based. It'll rotate uh, as frequently as we can. The first theme is really focused on our local literary authors, past, present, and future. So. That's exciting. So you're curating a great collection for people who need some inspiration. Yes. All right. Well, Chris Hansen, Executive Director of the Kranzberg Arts Foundation, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. And Aaron Quick, Executive Director of the St. Louis Poetry Center. It was great to talk to you as well. All right. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.